1: Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Alex Coogan-Reeves. In the programme this week, we look at the Wellington Phoenix's latest signing, talk Super Rugby with Aaron Smith, and hear about Cedric Jackson's miracle shot in the NBL. Then we hit the beach to look at the future of Surfing New Zealand and preview the New Zealand Beach Volleyball Open. Wellington Phoenix won the race to sign young New Zealand-born winger Quabina Apaya from A-League football rivals the Western Sydney Wanderers. Apaya was being chased by a couple of other clubs, thought to be the Central Coast Mariners, where the 22-year-old was part of the junior team that won the National Youth League in 2012, and the Newcastle Jets. Born in New Zealand to Ghanaian parents, Apaya played in the Asian Champions League final for the Wanderers and he's a pacey attacking player who's eligible for both the All-Whites and the Socceroos after living in Australia since the age of six. Apaya, who joined the Phoenix full-time on Monday, spoke to the media on arrival and says he likes the way the coach, Uni Merrick, has the team playing.
2: The playing style, especially the football, uh, you know, the boys are Grinch Bunch boys, and they're a very tight, commuted uh, bunch, and um, what Ernie Merrick's doing here is a fantastic job and uh, it's something I want to be a part of.
3: Does it feel like a style that
2: you will naturally fit into? Yeah, definitely. um, You know, they got me playing in a certain position, uh, a bit more attacking compared to what I was doing before, um, a bit more free licence, and uh, I'm looking forward to
3: it. How would you describe yourself as a player?
2: Um, Very attacking player. Uh one mindset, i uh, love to uh showboat a little bit and uh can't wait to uh kind of express that. The uh Phoenix have always been known for their good team culture. Have you found it easy to fit into even after only being here for a, a week or so? Yeah, definitely. Uh, the boys made me feel welcome. Um, you know, gone coffee coffee with a few other boys so uh you know, I've settled in uh, quite easily here. They've made it easier so I'm grateful for that. And have you set some
3: goals for yourself uh for your time here, maybe first of all for, for the rest of this season? Yeah, definitely, uh, to
2: uh you know, start pinging in the goals. You know, I know um, you know, I've got self-belief and great confidence and I've got a great coach behind me who's going to back me to uh, you know, score you know, the type of goals I want to score so um, I'm just looking forward to scoring goals, uh, getting playing time and uh, helping the boys um, you know, win the whole thing. Grabena, you've uh, um, previously stated you play for Australia, that's called up, but you're eligible for New Zealand, does that change <coughs> or would you consider uh, a New Zealand call Yeah, definitely, uh, you wouldn't uh, like to close all uh, you know, options, I've turned them down you know, always, twice back when I was 20. So it was the first year as a pro, um, but um, you know, obviously open to you know anything you know that comes up. So wouldn't like to close any doors just yet. New coach recently had some new regime. Has he been in contact? No, I haven't had any contact since. So uh, hopefully I can uh, you know show some performances and uh, maybe might you know get something.
3: Obviously in that sort of front third, do you have a preference of where you are sort of playing, or do you prefer out sort of either side or top of the you
2: know? Uh, preferably a uh, centre striker, so I can uh, make runs inside. Two out, and I the to win. But um, also the left, you know, very unpredictable. You know, coming in, uh, it makes it a bit harder for uh, you know, uh, the right back to uh, to kind of defend when you know you're on your strongest side going in. So you were born, you were born in New Zealand. So how how long did you live here for? Um, I was born in Auckland, uh, and then we moved to Australia, Sydney, when I was six and a half.
3: Michael McGlinchey only lived here for 10 months and he plays for New Zealand.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely. So uh, yeah, it doesn't matter how long you're here. I guess it's uh, if you want to represent the country or not.
1: The Wellington Phoenix new signing, Quabina Apaya. The Highlanders are gearing up for a classic southern derby when they open their super rugby season on Saturday. While most sides started their campaigns last weekend, the Highlanders had to wait another week and are riching to get out there against the Crusaders in Dunedin. They also had a big week off the field with the announcement the centre Malakai Fikitoa has recommitted to the Highlanders for another three years. Ian Telfer spoke to the halfback Aaron Smith about the start of the season.
4: We've only been back for a short period, but from what I've seen and what I can feel, it feels really good, as, as pre-seasons always do. Everyone's pretty excited. Yeah, all pretty positive at this stage because uh, you haven't played any games, you know, so we've played some pre-seasons, but everyone knows that this is nothing, so I could even feel it this week that... Uh, you can everything you're doing now is meaning something. Everything's for something, and uh, you can see the efforts go up a bit more, and everyone's a bit more switched in and you can just feel the energies rise. And you know, there's excitement, pure excitement about this week's game and um, and about the season. So it's always exciting. But uh, first home game under the stadium. It's uh, if you can't get up for that, then uh, can't play. You shouldn't be playing rugby down
3: here. Quite a few people new to this side, though. How's that feeling?
4: Yeah, well, there's, uh, it doesn't feel too much like this. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of new front rows, but the the bulk of uh, our starting teams is. This take away the front row, then you know the two props. Everything looks pretty close to last year. You know, there's a there's a there's a, there's the new winger and the two props. But you know, I I like what new people bring. They bring a lot of excitement. You know, they bring that kind of nervous edge of trying to impress you and trying to show people and earn respect. And you know, that gets that gets me up as well. And I want to help them best I can. And I just want to do my job really well and that's all i'll be saying to them as well don't go out there and try be a world better just go out there play your game do your role and you know the rest will take care of itself mm. bit of a boost Malachi. Uh, re-signing. yeah I, it was good news for me and it's good news to hear that and you know um you know it's good that you know we've created an environment down here that people want to be a part of and you know mullah's uh, exactly got sort of stuck in the bug i got i got it pretty early and I really enjoy the environment and how they, how even the coaching staff to the people to the stadium. So, he's 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 obviously seen and felt what a lot of us have felt, and you don't see many people come down and want to go. You know, so when people leave, they're always very sad about leaving the Highlanders, and um, you know, it's cool that we've created an environment that uh, Mulla wants to be a part of, and you know, big future there for him, and um, yeah, look looking forward to some good years.
3: Yeah.
4: What about Lima Sopanga? And um, quite a lot of media pressure already on him, isn't there? What, what are you expecting? Oh, is there? I don't know, mate. But uh, well, no, Lima expectations, you know. Yeah. Oh, mate! Everyone's got expectations. Probably he has, has probably higher ones on himself, to be honest. So, um, you know, he's he's a lot older now than he was, and he's he's played a lot more games. And I think he's a bit wiser than he used to be. I think um, when you're young, you kind of take it in your stride, but and maybe listen to all that. But from what I've seen, mate, he's. Put him got himself in really good shape, and you know he's really running the ship really well. And you know probably the pressures of Marty Marty coming down as well has made him probably step his game up even more from what I've seen. And you know that's healthy for us. And I was really really happy with the way he's uh, got himself prepared. And you know I'm really excited to see what he can do just another year and like this is his team when he wants to be and um, when he really takes over and bosses us around we, we look pretty good, you know so uh, he did really well for us last year and his kicking was tremendous and his leadership was awesome so, you know, it uh, makes my job really easy there where I just have to just listen and hit him and listen to the calls and, you know, when, uh, when you're team's driving your ship you're usually going pretty well and, um, you know, I'm excited for Lima, as I said so, can't wait for Sero uh, yeah, As
5: an all-black, and this is kind of his house-partner you know the things you can do or have done for him
4: no I mean like I said like um I just want him to he's the boss in the end there's always there's a man and a woman in a relationship and he's definitely has to be the man um I'm a leader in a sense of you know what my role is with the Fords but that is strictly my role He, he he runs the game plan and you know I'm there to just facilitate him as best as I can with the best delivery I can give and then uh just do my role really well and get those forwards up that's really for me and and I'm just trying to get go forward ball for when he wants the ball and he'll get it for our backs and you know that's that's simple as rugby forwards do all the hard work and the backs score the tries so that's pretty much our game plan and that's how that's how it should be and as I said I I don't feel like I have to rub his back or do anything really special anymore he's he's he, he we've both grown up together played a lot of footy so anything like that we sort of nut out early and yeah, I'm there to give him a little, give him a little twack if he's playing up or something. But you know, we've got a really good relationship where he does the same for me too. So we have pretty high standards of each other, and we push each other pretty hard. But you know, that's really healthy, and I really enjoy. Um, Enjoy his flair and and his his passion, he plays the game with so he gets me up as well.
6: Now, looking forward, then,
3: um, that first week you had the bye, did you see the other teams? What did you make of them?
4: Yeah, mate. I think I watched watched the most footy I've watched in the weekend for years, so it was so hard watching. But uh, you know, another week to prepare is uh, is a chance for us, and you know, it just probably raised the excitement levels just another bit. So uh, it was really good. And you know, from what I saw, you know, um, a few teams were a bit rusty, but. Uh, I don't expect it to be any different on Saturday. I'd say same thing for us. It'd be the odd drop ball that wouldn't normally happen, and about the 60th minute, a lot of boys are cramping up and stuff. And I expect the same, especially on the stadium. It'll be a lot more fast and vicious than the boys of our training ground, you know. So, but uh, you know, the best thing about these uh, games is the crowd and that, and they give you an extra five to 10 percent, and they'll be yelling for us, which is always good. All about the Southern Derby, then. Looking forward to the Crusaders. Yeah, mate. Always looking forward to playing these guys, and uh, it's the best kind of. It's the best team to play, especially early on. You know, it's like that big brother, little brother thing, and oh, I love playing these guys. It sort of always brings out the best in us, and um, you know, it's always going to be a tough game. And you know, you got some world-class players in there, and there's no better feeling than uh, matching yourself against the best. And you know, they were 20 seconds away last year from being the champs. So, you know, uh, oh, they'll be a different team so they were last Saturday. So uh, we'll be our uh, last Friday. So we'll be uh, very wary of them, but. You know, in the end, we've got to be able to go out there and not worry about them. We've just got to be able to go out there, fire some shots, and, you know, um, stick to our plan.
1: And if we do that, we'll give ourselves the best chance. That's Aaron Smith speaking to Ian Telfer. The Breakers point guard, Cedric Jackson, has become the talk of the basketball world this week after hitting an incredible half court buzzer beater to beat the Perth Wildcats in double overtime. Jackson earned Player of the Week honors for his effort after recording a triple-double in their first game of the weekend. The shot was eerily similar to a game-winner Jackson made in his days playing for Cleveland State in the NCAA tournament. He spoke to reporters about the shot.
0: Uh, it was unbelievable, man. And uh, you know, I was just so exhausted, man. It was just unreal. And the guys were just celebrating for me. And, and it actually hit me uh, you know, the following morning you know, that uh, that shot went in. So you know, it was a great shot. And... Glad we can get away with a tough win. You know, Perth fought hard, man. And, uh, you know, just luckily we made that shot. How
3: freakish was it that it was so similar to that one you made uh, for Cleveland? Very though?
0: similar, man. Very similar. You know, I was a little bit closer uh, the other night. And, um, man, it, you know, my college coaches reached out to me, so i talked to them about that. And, yeah, it was just uh, pretty amazing. You said
7: you didn't think it was going
0: to go on when it first left your hand. Yeah, uh, I, I just threw the ball and, uh, you know, I you know drifted to the side. So I didn't really see the angle of it, so I'm just like, uh, then it went in and I'm just like, you know, so yeah, it was uh, it was pretty uh it was pretty uh you know, pretty amazing that I made that though. So
3: you obviously prefer the tough shots cause you had a slightly easier shot to win the game at the end of regulation, didn't you?
0: Ah, man, I was kicking myself, man, because that's a shot I really wanted, you know, uh to prevent going into overtimes because uh it's always tough winning on uh, their floor, so now that's one of the ones I was, you know, really upset about. But you know, uh, we had uh, faith in ourselves that we can uh, you know just grind it out and just try to get another tough win. Uh, we played great team defense, you know, even though they made great shots, you know, we were satisfied with what we did and uh, you know Corey, you know, he just let us go the whole way.
3: How big for, for for your personal confidence, a game like that, not just the game winner but also, you know, twenty two points and good stats and also for the team's confidence to go to Perth
0: complete the sweep? uh team's uh, team confidence was great. Uh, my confidence was, uh, you know, about the same way where it is. It doesn't get too high or too low. Just wanted to focus in on, you know, uh, controlling the things we can control, you know, defensive end and, you know, just be aggressive and, you know, find guys, get guys going and just feed off of their energy and, you know, just try to limit uh, their scoring opportunities.
1: You enjoyed the uh, reaction of the Perth crowd in particular? Stun silence at first and then when it was confirmed a bit
0: of booing and uh, falling for the exits? I didn't really uh, pay too much attention to that man. It was just all about us man and you know just that hard fought win and uh, you know it was just uh, a nice little reward for you know us digging so hard and uh, you know just trying to grind that win out so it was all about us and you no, know, I was just grateful, so, you know, we didn't rub it in, you know, just celebrated to ourselves and I uh, just got off the court. When you saw the
3: situation, the second on the clock, and, and you knew it was going to be a shot from
0: beyond half court, were you thinking about that one with Cleveland
3: St. when they popping your head at
0: all? Uh, no, not, not, uh, not particularly, but uh, the ref, the official said uh, we had uh, a little bit more, uh, a few seconds left on the clock, so I was able to, you know, get a dribble or two, so. Yeah, and after I made that shot, I uh, immediately thought about it, so I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait to talk to my college coaches about it, yeah.
3: See, do you think on the back of... A tough game against Adelaide that you dropped, and but then this win, that you've sort of taken a step to playoff mode as a team. You know, your the sort of intensity and execution you need. You're going to need come playoff time.
0: Yeah, we definitely uh, simulated this to being, uh, you know, a playoff, uh, you know, kind of atmosphere going on the road to a tough team, and uh, you know, Perth, and uh, you know, we ha- we know who the top four are now, so it doesn't get any uh, easier. And uh, so you know, we just had another um, tough opportunity and a good opportunity to try to win on their uh, their court. So we just wanted to, you know, just take one game at a time, forget about the uh, the old stuff and think about what we can uh, do better. It was brutal watching that film too, man. So uh, we had a lot of mistakes in that game, but we, uh, you know, cleaned those up and uh, we were able uh, to slow them down. you feel like you got a group there?
3: Yeah. If you get a, a bit of momentum and a bit of a, a, a role going, that you can go and win another championship. That's
0: good. Yeah, we have a great group. Uh, our confidence is up, and uh, you know we have uh, confidence in each other. You know anybody can step up on any given night, and uh, we know we all need each other. So if we continue to play great team defense like that, you know things should be okay for us.
1: And the Breakers play the league-leading Ken's Taipans in their final regular season game on Sunday. Surfing New Zealand this week announced a three-year strategic plan to guide and boost the sport in this country. It says it will increase emphasis on initiatives such as the Learn to Surf program delivered to young people across New Zealand. The project also includes initiatives to bring International Surfing Association and World Surf League events to New Zealand. Late last year, Mahia's Ricardo Christie won entry to the prestigious World Surfing Tour. He's the first New Zealand male since Maz Quinn in 2001 to qualify for the ASP World Tour, which has been renamed the World Surfing League. Ella Williams won the Junior Women's World title last year, while Paige Hareb still competes near the top level. However, there isn't an endless production line of top surfers in New Zealand as there is in Australia. Joe Porter spoke to SNZ's Ben Kennings to discuss the future of the sport in New Zealand and whether or not this country is capable of producing a world champion.
6: I think it is. Yes, uh, we certainly don't have a wealth of um, really good talent coming out of New Zealand. We have a lot of guys uh, that are on the brink, Uh, Billy Stearman, who's competing over in Australia at the moment, and he always travelled with Ricardo Christie, who made the world tour this year. Um, You've got the likes of Paige Harab, Ella Williams, um, all coming out of New Zealand and um, starting to be very successful. Um, We have a lot of waves, a lot of coastline and a lot of uncrowded waves when you compare it to say the east coast of Australia or um, California. So the opportunities are there. Um, You just got to put your mind to it, um, surf and train as hard as you can.
7: Obviously, in the last few years, the sort of the women's surfers, I guess, have taken the spotlight with Paige and Ella, as you mentioned, being a junior world champion. Now we've got Ricardo back on the full men's tour. That must be a massive boon for New Zealand surfing. and I guess trying to encourage uh, younger surfers, male in particular, to chase those dreams.
6: Yeah, it is, um, and yeah, it's huge. Firstly, for Ricardo himself, he's chased his own dream, uh, and it's so um, awesome to see him get on there. Um, it provides uh, a massive. Um, aspirational value for the young kids to see that it is possible uh, to come out of New Zealand and little old Ma here um, surf all the time and then get onto the world tour so it's good for them and for surfing as well Like we've seen a, a massive um, lift in the coverage of surfing and um, he gives it a lot of profile come the 28th of February I think it's the first day of the Quicksilver Pro when he starts his campaign for the year um, and, you know, I'm sure it'll be scattered everywhere and it's it's a real positive for the sport
7: what are his prospects realistically for this season?
6: Uh, I'm pretty sure that he has a goal to make the top 10. I think um, if he did that, he'd be doing exceptionally well. Uh, there are a lot of waves that suit his style of surfing uh, on the World Tour, so um, he'll look to take advantage of those. The first event's one. Um, the South African leg at, at Jefferies Bay is another Um but you know, to, if you go back 15 years to Maz Quinn, uh, he got onto the tour and um, was ushered off after one year. So I think one of those stepping stones for Ricardo will be to requalify for next year and make sure that it's not a, a 12-month stint.
7: How would you consider the general state of surfing in New Zealand at the moment? Is it a sport that's growing in popularity? Are you seeing junior levels of, of numbers of surfers increase, or is it something that perhaps needs a bit of reinvigoration?
6: Uh, I think um, a bit of both, to be honest. I think we have, we certainly have um, exceptional, exceptional numbers in the junior events that we've been running this summer, uh, more than ever before. Uh, we are starting to see some interest in terms of um, international events um, and hosting international events uh, within New Zealand. So that's a real positive as well. And where you know, I spend a lot of time at the beach, I'm seeing a lot of young kids. Um, giving surfing a go and getting their parents to take them out surfing. So I think there's sort of a start of a a bit of a groundswell of surfers and I think that can also be put down to a lot of the uh, Learn to Surf programs that we run throughout Auckland and Northland and uh, in association with a lot of regional sports trusts around the country.
7: With that in mind, are you expecting Ricardo to be a one off in this generation or 10 years, or do you think that there is the potential for other Kiwi new surfers to crack into that top world tour within the next 10, 15 years or so?
6: Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, Paige is a real shot at requalifying this year, and also Ella Williams, you know, that's her goal is to get onto the world tour and become um, a world champion. So those two are, uh, are really. Um, really good chances we also have another um, few young guys that are coming through the likes of Kehu Butler which is uh, he's a young surfer from Mount Monganui with um, a massive amount of talent and starting to sort of catch the eye of international surfers around the world so uh, yes there are uh, surfers that are coming through um, certainly don't have a massive pool of them like Australia but uh, we do all right considering our population's a lot smaller
1: Surfing New Zealand's Ben Kenning speaking to Joe Porter. And the New Zealand Beach Volleyball Open returns to the Auckland Tennis Centre this weekend after a five-year absence. The tournament features 12 men's and 12 women's teams and required 100 cubic metres of sand to be shifted onto centre court for the event. I spoke to the tournament director and Olympic referee Richard Kasut about the event.
5: We're lucky we have the Mirangi Bay Beach Volleyball Centre up in... um Bay, and we have about $60,000 worth of sand sitting on that facility. Um, and instead of buying or hiring sand, which can be a very pricey affair, we were able to use our own because um, it's top-level Olympic stand there, but then the cost was just to transport it in or out, which isn't cheap either. Um, but we had some very good uh, local partners supporting us and sponsoring aspects of our build. Um, that with our massive group of volunteers all pitching in to do their little bit. So there's uh, very few paid staff in this event. In fact, there's none there's some contracted staff because we need them, but it's basically been run by a group of volunteers to put on a, a professional event at the ASB Tennis Centre.
1: And what's sort of the process for getting the sand in? You just uh, what load it onto a truck, back it on, and how, how does that work?
5: Well, that's, that's another good story. So the digger picks it up at the beach volleyball centre, drives all the way into ASB Tennis Arena, um, dumps it out the front because the stadium doesn't allow trucks to go in because it's too low. Um, and then, of course, you can't drive on the surface. So what we've created was a weed track where we had 20 boys, strong, fit lads, all muscles glaring, some of our athletes, in fact, helping out, and then some kids from student jobs that being managed by the North Harbour Volleyball staff, um, moving 100 cubic metres, which is about 1,500 wheelbarrow loads among 20 boys It took about five and a bit hours.
1: And in terms of the competition, what sort of uh, calibre of players can people expect to see there this weekend?
5: So it's New Zealand's best. Um, our top nine New Zealand teams automatically qualify for the main draw. Then we've got a top German team that's ex-professional players. They've actually moved to Sydney to live and start their careers, but they've played a very top-level brand of German, uh, German beach volleyball and a bit of international volleyball. As you know, the Olympic champions are from Germany and they've got a plethora of super strong beach volleyball players. And then we've got the Vanuatu girls who are the defending New Zealand Open champions. One of them's actually injured so she's got a new young partner of which went to the Youth Olympics. Um, So they're our two international teams. We have got one American player playing with a Kiwi guy, a born and bred Californian beach player who's a professional coach now in the United States and he's playing with a New Zealand guy. So that's the calibre. Our top New Zealand calibre though, our number one men's team, Mike Watson and Sam O'Day just qualified into the forty eight for the world championships in the Netherlands at the end of June. Um, so in the best forty eight in the world, these guys are qualified through Asia as the number three best team in Asia across seventy five countries. So that's in the Asian football confederation that just happened. While the beach volleyball has the same setup and New Zealand's part of the Asian Confederation with seventy five countries. These guys are ranked number three in Asia and have qualified because of that for the World Championships. On the girls side we don't unfortunately have Anna Scarlett or Susan blunder anymore who uh, got to 31 in the world. So we've got a new crop of young beach players all around that 20, 21-year-old mark that have uh, either been to the Youth Olympics, the World Youth Championships and got ninth um, and the World Under-19 Champs. i so have got a young crop of exceptional female athletes now playing and looking to go next year to the World Champs under 23, 21. Our number one team, Melissa Ruru and Danielle Quickly, and our number two team, Julia telly and Sean Apolley all young, fit, and uh, ranked in the top 10 in Asia, just missing out on World Championship first.
1: Sure, and more generally, I guess, what's sort of the state of the sport in New Zealand? I mean, we don't hear that much about it outside Olympic years. Is it is it growing in popularity, or, or how's it been the last sort of few years? So
5: if you join volleyball and beach volleyball together, um, obviously beach volleyball was played over the summer months, but volleyball is now the biggest team sport- Sport at secondary school level in New Zealand um, over the summer. So the biggest team summer sport, obviously because females and males play, it's also the second biggest female sport in the country now. And so that's volleyball and beach volleyball together, of which we're seeing a massive growth of the beach volleyball as we get our areas with beach courts up on the beaches. So places like Mount Maunganui and North Harbour have a huge beach programs with a couple of thousand kids playing every year through their programs of Kiwi Volley and in their school programs, we're slowly growing into the areas that don't traditionally have any programs going. But this year, Southland in the in Caledrome held a grand slam tournament, um, and they've got a heap of media, and they got supported to put a beach volleyball event on, so suddenly in Southland, the coldest part of New Zealand, we've got beach volleyball and looking like a conversion of a bowling centre into beach volleyball courts in the far south because beach volleyball's starting to go down there. Um, they had 18 kids come up and play the summer of junior beach volleyball in Southville. Loves it, got terribly sunburned, so they've got a slip-stop and of a bit better. But from that, there's been a whole heap of media coverage and more kids wanting to play the game. Our biggest limitation is the amount of coaches and quality coaches. We need, we need more because the demand is growing incredibly quickly.
1: And that's the show for this week. Feedback is welcome at sport at radio while you can find the latest sports news anytime on our website. I'm Alex Coogan-Reeves, and we'll be back with more Extra Time next week.
2: Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.
4: For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300.
2: Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name.